All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. America, happy Sunday. So excited to be with you today while we're having our brunch, while we're mowing the lawn, watching a little football, reading the newspaper, reading a good book, beginning to watch the trees turn colors as autumn approaches. I want to take some of the great interviews we did on the television show that Amanda Head and I did on Just the News, Not Noise, adapt them to podcast as we always do on Sunday. But I want to open with a story because the first two guests together, you have to take them together to get a full appreciation for what it is that has been going on inside the FBI. We had a good story on Friday where a lot of the significant voices, including Jim Jordan, who you're going to hear from, Devin Nunes, who you're going to hear from today, said it's time to have a church committee-like investigation. The church committee was a 1970s investigation special committee of the Senate chaired by Senator Frank Church of Idaho, had some of the most famous senators of the last half century on it, Walter Mondale, Barry Goldwater, Gary Hart, John Tower. And they independently, bipartisanly, with great partisanship, exposed what the CIA and the FBI did wrong, the abuses in the intelligence communities in the 60s and 70s, and then created new guardrails, new civil liberties protections, things like the DIOG, the Domestic investigations and operations guide for the FBI, the attorney general's manual, several new civil rights laws to ensure that the FBI and CIA wouldn't engage in the sort of civil liberty privacy abuses that had been witnessed and exposed by the committee. And there are many, including Kevin Brock, who was on this podcast last week, Jim Jordan, who you're going to hear from the congressman from Ohio, ranking member, House Judiciary, likely to be the committee's chairman if Republicans win in the fall. Devin Nunes, House Intelligence Committee chairman who exposed Russia collusion. They all have a belief that the only way we're going to fix the FBI of today, the Chris Ray FBI today, is to take the tactic that was used a half century ago to erase the sins of the J. Edgar Hoover FBI, and that is to create an independent commission, a committee, either one like the 9-11 Commission or the one like the Church Committee, and do a deep dive investigation that got above politics because all the members are bipartisan. 
They all share the same goal of making the FBI better and stopping abuses. But if that were to happen, that would be profound. And while you're considering that now, this idea that you first heard a few, several days ago from Kevin Brock, the former intelligence chief for the FBI, that you're going to hear again today from Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes, I want you to hear the story that Congressman Jim Jordan tells about a Green Beret veteran nine times deployed in the defense of this country to Afghanistan and Iraq, nine times. Comes back, creates a company that does emergency preparedness, then creates a charity that helps people get through natural and man-made disasters. His name is Mike Glover. And for two years, this man, Mike Glover, is investigated by the FBI and labeled by the FBI as a domestic violent extremist. Now, just because you're a war hero doesn't mean you're not necessarily could be do something wrong, but at least you should be given the benefit of the doubt, right? Well, the FBI twice investigates him, twice concludes, twice concludes that he's not a DVE at all. That in fact, he's just a good guy doing charitable work and running a legitimate company. And yet the tag, the DVE tag, sticks with him all the way into 2022. After being not cleared once, but twice, Jim Jordan tells the story. And the reason for this is that there is a political pressure in the FBI, particularly among the analysts, he calls them woke analysts, that uh, to run up the numbers, to make it look like we have a domestic violent extremism problem in America on the conservative side, particularly, because that is the agenda of a certain number of political leaders in the justice and FBI departments. So Jim Jordan's going to talk about how he exposed that with the help of whistleblowers inside the FBI. And then you're going to hear directly from Mike Glover, and he's going to tell you what it was like to be an American hero nine times serving your country in a war zone, and then you get pasted with a false label, and you can't get rid of it even when you're cleared by an FBI investigation, not once, but twice. That's why people think a church committee is needed right now. We're going to dive into that story. It's a really great and powerful story. You do not want to miss it. All right, also up today. So we're going to start with Jim Jordan, and you're going to hear from Mike Glover, the Green Beret, who got so terribly hosed by that domestic violent extremism tag that was a false tag. Then we're going to go to Carrie Lake, the former journalist turned politician who's running for Arizona governor in the lead. You're going to hear why her Democratic opponent doesn't want to debate her. That's going to be an important interview. And that's a trend line we're seeing. Many Democrats trying to waffle or back out of debates, which for most Americans is their job interview. So that's a very important. And then we'll go to Devin Nunes. He'll talk a little bit about all things FBI following up on what Jim Jordan has. Then James Comer is going to tell us what he's going to investigate, particularly on the Hunter Biden and the Biden family side. He's the likely chairman of the House Oversight Committee if Republicans win. And then we'll finish up. We're going to finish up today with Congressman Troy Nels, who has wrote a, a tremendous book about January 6th and the culture of deception that the media, bureaucrats, and Democrats working together have created in America. They've created false narratives that take us a very long time to unravel, like Russia collusion. So we'll finish up with Congressman Nels. It's a great show. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to take a quick commercial break here from our amazing partner, sponsors, and advertisers when we come back. First up, Congressman Jim Jordan, the powerful story of the demonization of a Green Beret veteran named Mike Glover, made to look like he was a domestic violent extremist by the FBI, only to be found that two investigations found he was anything but. He was just a charitable guy, a good veteran with a legitimate company and a legitimate charity. You want to hear from Jim Jordan, Mike Glover, first up, followed by Kerry Lake, Devin Nunez, and Troy Nels among the lineup today. we got a great, great lineup today. So buckle your seatbelt and get ready. We'll be right back after these 
commercial messages. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, everybody. We had a very important story about the FBI's over-categorization of groups as domestic extremist groups. And the impact on one veterans organization was just trying to do good in America got wrongly labeled. We know this information because the ranking member on the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan, his investigators dug it up. An important story about the crushing power of the state ruining someone's reputation. And joining us right now is Congressman Jordan. Great to have you on the show, sir. Yeah, good to be with you, John. <clears throat> Uh, this whole domestic violent extremist tag, I know it's a political thing, and people say, well, it's a statistical thing, they're just jitting the statistics. But in this case, you've shown 
a real group and its, its leaders and its, its founders were smeared by the FBI by this label, even though the evidence showed they weren't a threat at all. Tell us what you found. Yeah. Well, yeah, not once, but twice. I mean, they checked this guy out a couple of years ago. Fine. He's an American veteran serving his community, uh, loves his country. Uh, like I said, served his country. And then and some woke analyst at the FBI decides, oh, wait a minute, this guy, he flies the American flag. He owns a gun. He voted for Trump or whatever, whatever basis they come up with that fits the Joe Biden narrative that half the country are, quote, extremists. And they investigate him again. And it's part of this pattern we're now seeing, John, where a number of FBI agents have come to us as whistleblowers talking about the pressure to juice the numbers and catalog and create and and have all these, quote, domestic violent extremism cases. Um, that is a concern, particularly when you view it in the broader context of in, in what we have seen from the FBI and the Justice Department over the last six years. Yeah, it really is amazing. And one of the things that comes out, because it was one of the things we learned from the Russia collusion because of your great work, the power that these analysts suddenly wield. We know from a whistleblower from Chuck Grassley that it was an analyst who intervened into the Hunter Biden case and tried to portray the laptop as Russian disinformation, warded some agents off. When I used to cover the FBI, agents used to be supreme and the analysts were supposed to be support staff. It seems like these analysts are getting an awful lot of power and they have some sort of political agenda. No, they, they definitely have a political agenda. And it's also interesting in that story, those individuals involved in uh, suppressing evidence on the, the 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 Hunter Biden story in the in the fall of 2020, just prior to the election, uh, some of those same people, the ones whistleblowers cite as pressuring them, particularly this individual Timothy Tebalt, uh, pressuring them to juice the numbers and categorize uh, categorize and catalog uh, these cases as as DDEs to use the lingo at the right. FBI, when in fact, as I said before, uh, they're not. And I thought a colleague of mine made a great point yesterday, uh, Congressman Gates, in a hearing. He said, you know, think about how many times now the FBI has inserted themselves into the election process. In 2016, they were spying on President Trump's campaign. In 2018, they had had the special counsel to impact it. In 2020, they suppressed evidence relating to the Biden's foreign dealings, the Biden family foreign dealings. And now here they are in 2022, raiding the home of the former president of the United States just last month, uh, uh, taking the phone of a sitting member of Congress and all the things that are associated with what, what they're doing now. So time and time, what's that, four elections in a row where the FBI has inserted themselves into the election process and I think trying to impact how we the people decide who ultimately represents us. Yeah, that is a scary thought and one we all need to be afraid of. Uh, when you uh, talk about Russia collusion, there's yet another. I didn't think we could learn anything more about Russia collusion, but we did this week. John Durham revealing that Igor Danchenko, a man that the FBI knew had lied to them, who they knew had ties to Russian intelligence, who they knew had tried to uh, bribe or lure Obama administration officials into giving him classified information, the man who gave bad information to the Steele dossier, they then put him on the American taxpayer's role as a confidential human source. Your reaction yeah. to that, uh, what are we doing in the FBI? Well, I mean, the fact that they took uh, American tax dollars to pay someone that they knew was a liar to, I, th I would assume lie to him some more, makes absolutely no sense. But the fact that, that he was a confidential human source, someone pointed out, and first of all, thanks for your good reporting on, on, on so many of these issues. I mean, your, your work's been tremendous on, on getting to the bottom of what was going on in the FBI and the whole Mueller investigation and everything else. But um, someone pointed out that, that 
when they hired him, it was 2017. And of course, when they got rid of him as a confidential human source, it was right at the time that Durham was named as special counsel. And people have pointed out when you're a confidential human source, does that mean that they don't have to share that information, even with the intel community, even with Devin Nunes, who was chairman at the time? I don't know, but I think that's an important point that was made. So uh, again, just as you said, just when we thought we knew everything and how bad it was, it seems to get worse with what's going on there at the uh, at the Justice Department. Yeah, and that, that's a really great point. I've heard that from a couple of people in the last 24 hours. He stays on payroll to October 2020. Uh, the Mueller investigation's over in April of 2019, so I assume there's no more Russia collusion to investigate. Keeping him on the payroll might have just simply kept him out of the ability for people like you to question him and find out just how bad the Steele dossier and the FBI's contact was. Do you think that could have been a possible motive? I mean, who knows? I think it's interesting that is raised. I always look at the timeline when you're doing these investigations yeah. and this oversight work. I think the timeline sort of fits, but you know, who knows exactly uh, why this was done? I just, I just find it the the fact that they went and spied on a presidential campaign based on the dossier they knew was false. The guy who was involved in giving that false information, they then used American tax dollars. The folks I represent in the fourth district of Ohio, their tax money to pay this guy to bring him on the payroll. That, I, I just find that astonishing, as, as I think most Americans do. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. I want to turn to fixing the FBI. We now know how problematic it is, right? We know they overcollected evidence at Trump's residence. We know they uh, took a bad dossier and gave it to the FISA court. We know they failed to protect young women in the Olympic scandal. We could, the list is so long, we could spend a half hour just enumerating the list. Uh, I know you're going to do serious oversight. You have been. Is there room for a blue ribbon commission to get something bigger and, and say, hey, we have to restore confidence and do something like the church commission in the 70s, which did bring a lot of reforms to the intelligence and law enforcement communities of America? Yeah, I think I think that that exercise is definitely needed, whether it's done in a special select kind of committee or blue ribbon commission. Uh, that's that's even maybe with some members outside of Congress. I don't know. I guess my, my, my preference is so much of this is under the uh, jurisdiction of the right. Judiciary Committee, which I hope after the November election to get the privilege of chair. And if in fact, the American people put us in the majority, um, I, I would, I think we can, we can do it there as well. But whether it's in the Judiciary Committee or in some special commission, I think that analysis, that exercise, that process needs to happen. And there has to be reform there. Uh, you know, you think about in the last, in the last month, what we've seen from the Biden administration, where they raided the home of a former president and the likely candidate for the Republican Party against the current president in the next election. The very next day, they took the phone of a sitting member of Congress. The inspector general at the Justice Department, who's supposed to provide independent oversight, participated in the imaging of that phone taken by the FBI of a sitting member of Congress. The inspector general should have said, no way, I'm not going to participate in that. You shouldn't do it. There's constitutional concerns there. But he actually participated in image the phone. And then, of course, the president of the United States calling half the country extremists and fascists. I mean, if that doesn't frighten American citizens about their liberties, about their their their, their constitution and the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, I don't know what does. So we we need to we need to seriously look at how this all has to change in a way that respects the liberties of the American people. Yeah, and I want to go to one last issue before you go. Uh, you have been one of the great voices of calling out censorship, and now we're beginning to see this extraordinary. Uh, conspiracy or collusion between the FBI and social media companies. It started with Mark Zuckerberg's thing. Today, uh, my good friend Miranda Devine in New York Post has an amazing story saying Facebook was accessing private information from people's accounts and sending it to the FBI if they were questioning anything about the 2020 election. 
Uh, how important is it to find out the full level of complicity and how do we stop it going forward? Well, you, 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 you highlight every time you see it done, uh, you look at the, the changes we may need to make to Section 230 and other, other uh, parts of the law. But the fact that this happened, and, and I, I, I just scanned the story. I don't know if the FBI first came to Facebook or Facebook just out of the, quote, goodness of their heart decides to give over this private information. So I think that's a, an important element, too. But understand what happens so often now. And this is, again, frightening. The left comes up with the lie, namely, oh, half the country's extremists. The left comes up with the lie. Big media uh, uh, prints the lie. Big tech amplifies the lie. And in this case, case, they actually work with the government and the media to to implement what they're talking about. And when you speak out against it, they just call you names, call you racist, call you extremists and fascists and all these things. That's sort of the template now. And it's again, it is not how America is supposed to work. And it's frightening. It sure is, sir. Well, Congressman, I know you're going to get to the bottom. And thanks so much for spending time with us today. Great honor to have you on the show. Thank you. All right, folks, up next now, now that you've heard Jim Jordan lay out the story, we're going to hear from the man himself, Mike Glover, right after this commercial message. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, everyone. As you just heard in John's amazing interview with Congressman Jim Jordan, there was a veteran and his organization that was labeled as domestic violence extremist. Despite being set free, the FBI still won't give the House Judiciary Committee ranking member any additional answers. Joining us now is that Special Forces Green Beret and CEO of, of Fieldcraft Survival, Mike Glover. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mike, I want to I want to give our audience a chance to hear your story. Um, but also, when did you first find out that the FBI was investigating you? That had to have given your heart a stop. Yeah, it, it, it really did, because, you know, my entire company and the 50 employees that work for me are dependent on good PR. And when Project Veritas leaked the document 
that the FBI came out with calling us violent militia extremists, that's obviously not good for business. I mean, I have an ongoing uh, publication deal with Penguin Random House. I just filmed the History Channel show. And so it's not uh, really advantageous to uh, uh, conduct business in the U.S. being labeled an extremist, a domestic extremist uh, in America. Yeah. And Mike, a lot of people just need to know who you are. You serve this country. You've created a charity to help people. Tell us a little bit about you and your service to this country and the charity you created, which makes this label all the more uh, uh, laughable. Yeah, so I started off in the infantry, did four years in the infantry, actually was a young guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, uh, badge holder number 470, so guard of the tomb as an 18-year-old. Uh, went to ranger school and tried to be all I could be, and then 9-11 happened. And like many military members, uh, it quickly evolved my military experience. I spent the rest of my career from a sergeant all the way to a sergeant major as a U.S. Army Green Beret, deployed nine times to war, and then decided to walk away and become a global response staff officer for the CIA. So I did that for about two and a half additional years. And in 2016 in Pakistan, working for the agency, I decided that I wanted to start a business uh, preparing citizens for the worst case scenario. So I started Philcraft Survival that teaches preparedness, but uh, American contingency was my community group because we wanted to give back. And the idea for us to give back is to prepare citizens and rely on each other and their communities to help people in natural or man-made disasters. So it was all about giving back and that's what we decided to do. So teaching preparedness, which we do all over the country, and then giving back and supporting Things that happened like in Kentucky where there was a flood. Many of my employees uh, leveraged, leveraged their a- assets and helped load up bottles of water and distribute uh, any aid that was needed for this natural disaster. And we continue to do that across the country. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. None of that seems to warrant a label as a domestic violence extremist organization. I just find it laughable. But I do want to give you, Mike, an opportunity uh, to debunk something. The FBI uh, and the DOJ define that as uh, an individual based and operating primarily within the United States or its territories without direction or inspiration from a foreign terrorist group or other foreign power who seeks to further political or social goals wholly or in part through unlawful acts of force or violence. Mike, does any part of that definition apply uh, to any part of your organization? Absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's, it could be very subjective, which this very thing is when looking at my background. I mean, look, we from, from leftist extremists who did articles on me calling me a militiaman who was teaching uh, covert tactics to citizens um, to right-wing extremists who were calling me a bootlicker because they said I was supporting the FBI. We were caught in the middle. You know, I think a lot of Americans feel isolated in the middle because they just are law-abiding, want to live their best life, and they're not too political. We got somewhere caught in between all of this and it's definitely not who we are. I mean, I train everybody from soccer moms um, all the way to, you know, the Los Angeles Police Department. I mean, we, we have a broad spectrum of training based on experts that work for us. And most of the training that we conduct has nothing to do with tactics, techniques and procedures, but situational awareness, first aid, natural disaster preparedness. 
And they went after my group, American Contingency, I think because they felt like it was a threat. We had the ability and positive messaging to accumulate and assemble a lot of citizens who were kind of disaffected from all these fringe things that were happen, uh, happening in our society. And that allowed us to look at communities and go, hey, if the law enforcement officer is not going to show up or the EMS professional is not going to show up because of a protest in your neighborhood, because a politician told a law enforcement officer that's not what's going to happen, then you need to be your own first response. That was the objective. That continues to be the mission. And somehow we've been labeled that. In fact, in the actual document, it says we're online based, which AmericanContingency.com certainly is. So is Phil Cross Survival. But it said we had a low history of violence. As far as I know, we have a zero history of violence. But again, we're redefining terms and words and their meanings, which is why I've been labeled a violent militia extremist. Unbelievable. And nine times deployed. You're trying to serve your country, serve your country at the CIA. You come home, you create a charitable organization, keep serving your country. And Jim, Congressman Jim Jordan, the segment just before this said twice the FBI cleared you, basically saying they found no evidence you were doing anything wrong. And still the label gets hung around your neck. We've got about 90 seconds left. What is that like when you even know that the FBI knows you're not that and the label still sticks around? Look, I was just recently at Sig Sauer Academy doing a speaking engagement, and I had members of the FBI personally drive in, shake my hand, and apologize on behalf of their over-politicized organization. Because there's wow. good people who work in the FBI, but they also know, according to the, the leads that I talked to, who are people in positions of power, that said it's the worst it's ever been. Now, one of the problems is this is profoundly affecting our business. Facebook, for example, has banned and deleted everything with AmericanContingency.com. If you have a Facebook account and you try to do that right now, you're likely to get deleted. My mom, her, her spa, Miwa's Beauty Salon in Fayetteville, North Carolina, got deleted because she reposted a link of that organization. I assume the FBI talked to Facebook, and this is what happens. So it's, it's not just a label, it's not a term, a designation comes with a whole bunch of authorities and it's very scary because I understand how this works from an operational perspective and I'm just glad somebody in the FBI decided to say this this was an issue. Mm. Well, and that's that's so unsettling because you look at the scope of history and Marxist and communist organizations, they would go after the family because they knew that that's how they could affect that individual. It's right. terrifying. Mike Glover, we greatly appreciate your time today and your years serving our nation. We look forward to catching up with you very soon in the near future. God bless you. All right, folks, up next, Carrie Lake, the Republican making waves as the gubernatorial nominee in Arizona. Going to declare an invasion on day one if she's elected, she says, and send forces to the border to protect Arizona from the wave of illegal migrants coming across it. Carrie will be up next right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. You probably have heard a lot in the news cycle about our next guest for good reason. She's not only the Republican nominee for Arizona governor, but she takes the fake news media by the horns and she intimidates her Democrat opponent, Katie Hobbs, so much that she refuses to take part in a gubernatorial debate. Carrie Lake, welcome to the show. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And, you know, you make yourself so available to the media, available for questioning. And you contrast that with Katie Hobbs, who has turned down your offer for a debate. This is something that has gone on uh, in your state every time the election cycle rolls around. Since 2002, Katie Hobbs says no thank you. But you actually worked with the Clean Elections Commission to extend that deadline to the day of the debate, which is October 12th. Do you expect Katie Hobbs to take this time to accept your grace and this extended period and actually accept? You know, I sure hope that she will. This is not about her. It's not about me. It's about the people of Arizona. And and as far as I'm concerned, this is our job interview. You would never hire somebody if they failed to show up for the job interview. This is our chance to sit on the stage together and talk about what we want to do for Arizona. I have great policies that will secure the border, that will educate our kids properly in high school, deal with our water issues, and improve our economy. Phoenix is is the hardest hit city in the country with Joe Biden's inflation. And we have to make some broad measures to help the folks that are living here because they're struggling. Katie Hobbs doesn't want to show up. She doesn't have any good policy. She knows that her voting record when she was in the Senate was abysmal. She actually voted against border security, against virtual border security, against funding the border strike force. Meanwhile, she was pushing such nonsense as introducing sex education in kindergarten. And she's also a twice convicted racist. And we, the people of Arizona, are paying nearly a $3 million settlement for her racial and sexual discrimination in hiring when she was in the Senate. It's really um, her policies, her lack of policies and her horrible record that she's running from. You know, Carrie, it's fascinating to watch because there are several Democrats now that are waffling or outright declining debates. It seems like this might be a national strategy. Does it have something to do with the Biden record and the fact that Democrats don't like the optics of what their policies have created? Well, not only do our Democrat opponents not have any policy to run on, they have an albatross named Joe Biden around their neck and Kamala Harris. They have destroyed in two years what was a strong American economy. They have destroyed what we had, which was a secure border. And they're on the on the verge of destroying this entire country. So every Democrat will have to stand up and uh, basically stand up for what Joe Biden has done for this country. And I don't know how they do that. So I think uh, the Democrats are in a world of hurt. They're hoping they can just run a bunch of uh, attack ads against the Republicans who are running. They can sit in their basement like Joe Biden did and hope and pray that they win. 
Yeah, Carrie, I want to shift over to elections. There's this new term that people like to pin on uh, folks who really just ask questions about the election and they smear people as election deniers. But many Democrats did the same thing in 2016, and some of them have actually started to precast doubt on these elections coming up in November. But Democrats, like I said, did the same thing. How do you highlight that hypocrisy and turn it into something that fuels your campaign? You know, I am all about restoring faith, confidence, and honesty in our elections. I've never shied away from that. Anytime you have the media and the government telling you you can't talk about a certain issue, that should raise red flags. And when they said to us, you can't question COVID, you can't question the vaccines, you can't question masking, you can't question the uh, 2020 election and all of the problems that we witnessed, that should be a red flag for every American. We have freedom of speech in this country, and I will never stop speaking, and I will never stop pointing out when there are problems, because we have a lot of problems in our election system, and we want to fix them so that every Arizona voter, whether they're Democrat, independent, or Republican, knows that their legal vote counted. When they go to bed on election night, they know who the winner is, and they can live with the results because they know that our elections were run fairly and honestly. Yeah, on that issue, uh, there was an uh, announcement just a few days ago that the Attorney General, Mark Burnovich, has signed a deal that ensures that the new election integrity rules that the legislature passed aren't going to actually take effect, a lot of them, until the next election cycle. Any concern about that delay or is it warranted? I have concerns about just about every way we've handled, unfortunately, our elections. But we're just going to have to go out, we the people, and vote like our lives depend on it. I had a, a tough primary, not because we didn't, we had a huge movement and I knew all along that we were way ahead in the polls and the people were with us, but there's still problems with our elections. In Pinal County, one of the largest counties in Arizona, they ran out of Republican ballots one hour into election day. And that was my opponent, Katie Hobbs, who was steering them on how many ballots they would need. She is incompetent, and we cannot have her running this state. She ran our elections in an incompetent manner, a maladministrative matter, uh, and we can't have her running the highest office in this state. I'm very concerned until we can get in there and get some meaningful election reform so that every legal vote counts. Absolutely. Um, Carrie, you're one of the most popular candidates running uh, in your state. Another Republican who is running, Blake Masters, who beat out the man we were just talking about, Mark Burnovich, in his Senate primary. Uh, there's some chatter about worries about Blake Masters' candidacy. I wanted to get your take on that. Look, I think Blake Masters will be a great U.S. senator. Mark Kelly is a disaster. Mark Kelly is uh, part of the reason we have a, a border that's not secure. He's part of the reason that uh, we're struggling. We haven't dealt with our water issues here. He's in federal office. He should be doing more to help us with water issues. And he's failed at that. I believe that Blake Masters will win. I think we're going to have a red wave. And I'm going to do everything in my power to help make sure that Blake wins. We need to vote Republican up and down the ballot because we've seen how disastrous the Democrat policies are. This is not the Democrat party of yesteryear. This is a party that's hell-bent on destroying our economy and destroying our country. It's full of uh, Marxists and socialists who don't care about our children's education, want to brainwash our children in school, and they don't have our best interests at heart. 
And so I think we're going to do really well. I'm not worried about Blake. Uh, you know, he's up against an incumbent. That's always a difficult, a difficult task when you're uh, running for uh, office. But I think we're going to get across the finish line and have a red wave here in Arizona. Uh, you talked a little bit about Phoenix being disproportionately punished by the Biden inflation phenomenon that we've been through. Uh, the grocery cart seems to be a place, no matter what part of America, in those food prices just keep going up, up, up. Even as gas has come down, food keeps going up. What are average voters telling you? How important is going to be the grocery cart to the ballot box in November? It's really important. You know, we have a lot of retirees here in Arizona. They come here for our gorgeous weather and they're living on a fixed income or a retirement that they saved their entire lives for. And now they're looking at that, that savings that they have and going, wow, I don't think I can make it through my golden years on this money because the inflation, I think this last uh, quarter went up 13% in Arizona, but it wasn't driven as much by gas and grocery prices, even though those prices are going up, John. We're finding out here in Arizona and Phoenix, it's rent prices and housing prices. As so many people flee these blue states, which are being run into the ground by Democrats, they're coming to Arizona, they're uh, nabbing up our housing and driving the prices up, and it's almost becoming uh, impossible to find affordable housing. So we need to quickly build more housing here in Arizona, and we've got a plan in place when I'm governor to make that happen. We want to have enough homes for our citizens. Absolutely. Carrie, very quickly, let everybody know where they can find out more information about your campaign. Thank you. You can go to carrylake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. I hope you'll go and check out my issues page. I lay out where I stand on every single issue from education to voter integrity to medical freedom and medical privacy all the way down the line. And I challenge you to show this to your independent and Democrat friends if they're here in Arizona. Yes. My policies will help all Arizonans, including my policy to end chronic street homelessness and restore Fantastic. law and order in Arizona. So important. Carrie Lake, we appreciate you coming on to join us. And if Katie Hobbs is out there listening, come on our show. We'll happy to host a debate uh, here on the show. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so that much. And we'll see you again soon. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, a good friend of the show comes up. He's the current CEO of the Trump Media and Technology Group, former congressman and House Intelligence Committee chairman, the man who unraveled the fake Russia collusion narrative a few years back. Congressman Devin Nunes joining us right after the break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us right now, the former House Intelligence Committee chairman, the man who actually unraveled the Russia collusion fall story. 
He's now the CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group. He is Devin Nunes, Congressman. Great to have you on the show. Great to be in your new studio, John. It is great. We love having it. Um, let's start off with this Igor Danchenko. I thought I knew almost everything you could learn about Russia. <laughs> Did you have any idea that he could have been a paid in you know, it, for the it, FBI? It, it doesn't shock me, but I think the key component here is, is that this is now, I think, the strongest evidence that we've seen that they obstructed the FBI, DOJ, et al., obstructed Congress's investigation back in 2017. If you recall, they were coming after me saying that people were going to die if important assets, Putin assets were going to die. It was all nonsense. The dude was like a few blocks from here working at Brookings at one point. He's a Democratic <laughs> yeah. operative. I mean, nobody, nobody cared. So, so this is the best evidence that I have seen that these guys were conspiring to do this. Because you would not bring this guy on as a confidential human source when you already just found out, you know the dossier's bunk, you know it's bogus, you know he's the source, and then look, they lied and misled us. I mean, so you've got, and they conspired to do it. And I think, you know, whether Durham can bring that, I don't know. Yeah, darn interesting to find yeah. out. Congressman, I, I was curious, it's my understanding that by utilizing him in, in what they classified as a counterintelligence investigation, that was effectively and legally what dropped the curtain between him and that investigation and Congress. So you guys couldn't question him. You didn't even know about him at one point. Do you think that there are other FBI informants who are classified <laughs> under that same investigation? Yeah, I mean, look, I think you're exactly right, Amanda. And, and, and what we now know for sure is that there has been long been a group that worked with high level Obama and Biden administration officials back in 15 and 16. I don't know when they put this unit together, but it became a get Trump, get Republican group subset buried within the DOJ and the FBI. We thought we had outed them back in 17 and 18. We thought we had at least stopped the bleeding. Clearly, we did not, because the same crew kept going. They worked on Mueller. They worked on the Whitmer case. They worked on, on Jan 6. They were involved in the Mar-a-Lago raid. And so I think what your viewers need to know is that they've been very clever to use the Department of Justice, specifically the National Security Division of the Department of Justice, to then hide under what's called counterintelligence investigation, because it allows them to wall everyone off. And then they're using these confidential human sources as a way to, to keep that from Congress because for a long time they've kept it from Congress. And I'll tell you, now more than ever, the, if the Republicans get control of Congress, this is going to be a monumental task that they have to tear apart the Department of Justice and the FBI. I mean, look, just on the way to the studio here, I saw Andrew Weissman, a guy who was completely, completely wrong on so many things, hurt so many people. He was involved in the Mueller witch hunt. You know, he's been the first one. He's always out on Twitter saying that this guy should look out, this guy should look out. You know, and now he just, just a few hours ago, now he's once again saying the walls are closing in on Trump. And he puts like some kind of goofy sunflower emoji. <laughs> this has gone on too much. These people are out of control. The Congress is going to have to tear them apart piece by piece. And look, I, I think it's going to take a big commission. And somehow you got to get people the hell out of this town, probably New York City. You got to push them out to the field offices. I think that's the only way you're going to save the FBI, because clearly the people that are here uh, in these big cities become political and they become a big problem. 
Yeah, it is remarkable. And now you really can see the polling data. Americans don't trust the FBI. They fear the FBI. They don't believe its mission is going to be fulfilled, honestly, without uh, or what, applying a blindness to the justice that we've all come to assume it had. I want to ask you about something. You were one of the first people I heard ever suggest this. Back in the 70s when the FBI hit a rough patch and did a bad, lot of bad things, there was a thing called the Church Commission that independently went through every aspect of the FBI and CIA world, exposed it, and then created some new protections. You've been an advocate of this. I'm starting to hear other people talk about it. Is that a good yeah. solution, given how much far the FBI has fallen off the ledge? Yeah, John, I think that we discussed this maybe last time I was in Washington, as, as I recall, yeah. in, your, in your old studio, before your new fancy studio <laughs> that you have here. And I think it's the only way, because look, as somebody who, remember, we had in the House Intelligence Committee, you know, we weren't really designed to run these types of investigations. And for so long, the process actually worked. It was, it was relatively bipartisan for the most part. But when you have corruption at that level, it becomes so hard to run these investigations, right? And we ran just a very narrow piece of, of, what we're, of, of the Russia Gate hoax. But there's so many other things, so many tentacles that are out there that DOJ, FBI, they know how to hide. So you're, they're going to have to create a commission that has subpoena power that can go and subpoena anytime, anywhere, anything. And I think you have to be very careful because, you know, as I experienced, as guys like Trey Gowdy experienced, you know, if you if you run these investigations, you become the target of the fake news of the and now the social media companies that you can't sustain it. It's hard to sustain that level when you're getting that many attacks. And, and I would even put Jason Chaffetz in that. Sure. You know, if you look at so many people and you know, look, I didn't leave Congress because of that. But I can tell you that I know that like Trey Gowdy and Jason Chaffetz, they just got tired. Uh, of, of all the attacks. And, you know, in my case, I mean, I got tired of social media and the fake news. That's why we went out and created True Social. I always tell people I didn't need a new job, but the American people need their voice back. President Trump didn't need a new company, but, you know, he has put the effort in to make this to make this product work. And of course, you know, every day we continue to grow and grow. And John, just to, you know, just to kind of finish up, it's it's having the vehicles like True Social, like Rumble, but you have to ultimately have Congress involved doing a real investigation. And I think it's going to be very, very difficult um, if you use just the, the current committee structure that they have. Yeah. And Congressman, I, you know, there were names and, and other pertinent information that we found out post Mar-a-Lago raid, one of which was the people involved at the D.C. field office, this Tim Tibalt mm -hmm. character. Um, and there was a big hullabaloo a few weeks ago because he was escorted out of the FBI building. And a lot of people thought that that was a bright light. Hey, we got one. Um, I'm a little bit more skeptical. I feel like they were just throwing a bone to people who were outraged yeah. at the overreach. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think that's what I was alluding to last time. This is part of that Gestapo group, this unit to get Trump and get Republicans that's burrowed in here uh, in Washington. I think they're probably also in New York. And, you know, like we said, we thought we had kind of cleaned that, cleaned that out, but, but clearly we haven't. And I think, Amanda, you're exactly right. To believe now that, that this guy was the only guy I think is hard to believe. He's probably very bad, should probably be investigated since he, you know, there's even little tidbits like, you know, that he, he was over in Prague. Why is that important? He was there with Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, who was being paid for by the DNC, worked for Fusion GPS. These guys just all happen to be at Prague all at the same time. Maybe coincidence, but also it was in the Steele dossier that was used to target Trump and the Republicans. So there's just so much dirt here. Uh, he clearly has, I think, things to answer to 
Congress should call him in, put him, put him under oath. But we, we cannot trust, after all this time, that Ray has done one damn thing to clean up this agency. In fact, it's, it's, it's gotten worse. The American people know it's worse. And once you get outside of these city states, I'll tell you, and you get to real America, Amanda, where you're going to be, you're going to be in real part of America, kind of the safe part of California uh, here in a few weeks in, in, in my hometown. And, uh, and obviously, we're looking forward to having you out there as, as a speaker. But people are furious. I mean, I've been traveling around here the last few days. The American people are really ticked off. We're They're really worried. And something's got to be done. We're going to have to leave it there. Congressman, thank you so much for your time. All right, folks, we've been talking about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Jim Biden for a long time. Our next guest, James Comer, right after the commercial break. He is going to be the man that likely leads that investigation next year. He'll join us. Congressman James Comer from the great state of Kentucky right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I want to quickly pivot to our guest who serves as a ranking member on the House Oversight Committee and the man likely to be its chairman next year if Republicans take over, James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. Congressman, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, you have been on the Hunter Biden case. I know you have big, ambitious plans to get it investigated. There was a big development over the last couple of days. John Podesta, now an advisor to the current president, Joe Biden, he advised Obama and Clinton before that. He had his own connections riding back and forth with the Chinese CCP, calling communist officials friends. Your idea that the proximity of all of these China friends are now inside the White House, your reaction to that? Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, the more we dive into Hunter Biden and his shady business dealings, uh, you quickly realize that Hunter Biden's not the mastermind of anything. Uh, he's fortunate that his last name's Biden. Uh, not only is the president's brother heavily involved, probably the mastermind of this, but uh, to be effective and to, to be able to uh, collect the amounts of money that he was collecting from our adversaries, you have to be able to provide some type of service. And so he was working with people in the Obama-Biden administration, and I think we're going to find out who. You know, the key to, to getting to the bottom of this is hopefully Republicans winning the majority in the November elections and uh, then in January having subpoena power and being able to, to do the right thing and provide oversight and have a very informative, credible, investigative hearing. Yeah, so important. Yeah. And Congressman, you, you both highlighted the biggest issue here, I think, which is, you know, if this was anyone else in their business dealings, it would raise eyebrows and it would be considered immoral and unethical and sometimes criminal. But it's the proximity to power that is so concerning here. Um, with with all that we know, and probably more that we are yet we've yet to find out, more that we don't know um, regarding Hunter Biden, does that is he a security risk for our country? 
He is a national security risk. We've been saying that from day one. Uh, the more I say that, the less the Democrats try to combat me on that. They realize they have a Hunter Biden problem. You're starting to see uh, people on CNN and people in the mainstream media uh, saying that uh, the Democrats have a real Hunter Biden problem on their hands. But it's more than that. Uh, it's the entire Biden family. And uh, we believe that uh, many of the business dealings that Hunter was involved in, that his father not only knew about, but was set up to uh, receive the financial benefits and rewards from some of these uh, shady business dealings. We've already had two of Hunter's former associates come forward and say that Joe Biden was, in fact, the big guy who was set to get, uh, in one instance, 10 percent ownership in a Chinese Communist Party owned uh, energy company that would be, uh, you know, counter to America's energy best interest. And, you know, this is why we're investigating Hunter Biden. We're not investigating because of political reasons. We're not doing it to retaliate because they harassed the Trump children. We're doing it because we believe he's a national security risk and he has compromised this president. There are many decisions that Joe Biden's already made that uh, we believe he made to try to block Republican investigations and oversight into Hunter Biden. And we believe he made to try to help benefit Hunter Biden and, and cover their tracks on some of their previous shady business dealings. Yeah, just a remarkable legacy, a trail of destruction he left behind that we hardly have the full story on. It's going to be interesting to watch where it goes next year. I want to talk about the intersection of censorship and Hunter Biden. You've expressed a lot of concern. I had a chance to interview Jeff Landry, the Louisiana attorney general. He's forced a lot of these censorship documents into the open with his lawsuit against the big tech companies. But the idea that big tech, the Biden team and the Democrats and the media all colluded to keep this story from getting to the American people, it seems like that may be one of the greatest hoaxes uh, ever pulled over the American public heading into an election. What are we learning about the complicity of all those parties? Well, I've always felt like there was more to the story. You know, we, we know that uh, big tech is liberal. They're based out of primarily Silicon Valley, which is a you know, the headquarters of uh, liberalism in, in America. But at the end of the day, what we heard from uh, Zuckerberg was that uh, he was visited by the FBI and uh, pretty much encouraged to uh, try to bury these stories because they were, weren't true. They were fake news. They were Russian disinformation. So I believe what you're going to have in a Republican majority is you're going to have the big tech CEOs uh, under oath in front of all the TV cameras and they're going to be asked questions as to why they censored conservative content. And they're going to be given an opportunity then to be able to tell the truth if, in fact, there were people in the administration, in the uh, you know uh, people that were uh, involved in the intelligence community, uh, bureaucrats at the DOJ, or even the Democrat National Committee uh, were communicating with them on things to uh, you know bury things to uh, censor on their platforms. And, you know, from what we're finding from whistleblowers and from what we've heard from Zuckerberg is this, in fact, was happening with, of all agencies, the FBI. Another bad headline for the FBI, and they're going to have a lot of explaining to do uh, under oath in a Republican majority starting in January. Yeah. 
that they do. Yeah, a lot of people are looking to see that happen. I wanted to press in a little bit on the censorship because we know from polls after the 2020 election that a notable number of Democrats, if they'd known about the Hunter Biden laptop, they would have voted a different way. And there were a number of things that were censored. Uh, I believe in an effort to direct voters leading up to that election. Are you concerned that with censorship still ongoing and in some cases even even more so than it was in 2020, are you concerned that that's going to affect the midterms coming up in November? Well, I hope not. But I know that this is going to be a big issue for Republicans in a majority. You know, what they tried to do to Donald Trump is just wrong. What they did to protect Joe Biden is wrong and they need to be held accountable. So if this is an instance where uh, these private companies were censoring conservatives, then I think they're going to be held accountable in the forms of more regulations. Now, no company wants to be overregulated, but that's what's gonna happen unless they can come forward and say, well, the reason we did this is because the FBI director came and told us this, and he told us to communicate with the Democrat National Committee on messaging and things like that. If that's the case, then the the big tech may be given a, a second chance. But in that scenario, it's going to be a bad day for the FBI and it's going to be a bad day for the leadership in the FBI, because I can tell you as someone who has seen a big percentage of what's on the Hunter Biden laptop, the FBI had this. They have done nothing about it, but yet they raided Mar-a-Lago. I mean, they have a lot of explaining to do. And this would lead one to believe that they did, in fact, communicate with Facebook and possibly Twitter about censoring conservative content to try to hurt Donald Trump and protect Joe Biden. So uh, we've got some problems in America, obviously, with big tech censoring conservatives, but we also have problems with our intelligence community and these deep state agencies that uh, played a larger role than we first realized in the last presidential election. Yeah, so important. So we only got about 30 seconds left. Do you have confidence in Chris Ray's leadership of the Bureau or do you have doubts? I have a lot of doubts, and he's going to be given an opportunity to try to uh, change my doubts. But right now, I have doubts, and every day that they go without doing anything to Hunter Biden, my doubts increase. Yeah, I think you and a lot of Americans as well. I know people are really looking forward to the investigations you have planned and getting that majority, and we're going to be sure to have you back on the show to keep everybody on top of all of those developments. Sir, a great honor to have you on today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up today's show with a really fun interview, full of energy, full of ideas. A sheriff turned congressman, Troy Nels, from the great state of Texas right after this. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest is a representative from the great state of Texas who released a book earlier this summer called The Big Fraud, What Democrats Don't Want You to Know About January 6th, the 2020 election, and a whole lot else. A lot of what he has uh, wrote in that book has come true over the last few weeks. He is Troy Nels. Congressman Troy Nels, great to have you on, sir. John, good to be with you, Amanda. You as well. Good to be with you both. We want to ask you, you had hinted at this the last time we were together, and we now know for sure there is one or more whistleblowers uh, who have come forward from the Capitol Police Department to say they knew these attacks were going to happen. They didn't prepare properly. The one we uh, wrote about this morning, uh, Eric Hoare wrote this extraordinary memo to his leadership three days later saying we let the force down. We, sh- we could have prevented this. Uh, you've known about this. Tell us what you know and why it's so important to hear from these whistleblowers. Well, I've known about this because this is what I do. I was an old county sheriff and January 6th was a law enforcement failure. And I highlight it all in the book. There's two chapters in the book that talk about the leadership failures of the Capitol Police, the intelligence section, John. They knew this was coming. They knew the Capitol was the target. They had all the intelligence, but they did nothing with it. They did nothing with it. January 6th should have never happened if the intelligence section would have done their job. They had the intelligence. It's almost like, John, they wanted it to happen. And I appreciate the fact that there's a whistleblower out there now exposing this and letting the American people hear a little bit of truth because you're not hearing it from the January 6th sham committee. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Congressman, I want to ask you, you know, I I look at something like this where obviously there were people who were protesting that day who were injured or or shot and killed. Um, But as far as the law enforcement force, John and I were talking about this yesterday. If this was a military mission and an officer, a superior, sent his troops into an area where he or she knew that, that they were going to be ambushed and be in danger, the American people would not stand for it. Do you see a parallel between that type of analogy and do you think the American people will stand for it? Well, when you look at it, many people are asking, why did this take place? And, and, and I highlight in a book that, that Nancy Pelosi, you're kind of the general here, and you failed. You failed your colonels, your lieutenant colonels, and everybody else down to the privates, so to speak, because Nancy Pelosi could have prevented this. She could have stopped it, but she didn't. The National Guard did not show up on January 6th till after 5 p.m., and it was all over with by then. But I talked to General Walker, the head of the National Guard, on January 6th, and he said, Congressman, if the National Guard would have been on our nation's capital on January 4th, as they should have been with all the assessments, the Capitol Police assessments, they'd have been there on January 4th, January 6th would have never happened. So, Nancy Pelosi, this is your failure and your leadership. But quite honestly, Nancy Pelosi would have never made general in the United States military. Uh, that's for sure. I have a funny <laughs> uh, feeling next year when Republicans in control, we're going to get the Nancy Pelosi story a little more completely because it's been kept from us. Um, when the early investigations came out about this, there was a, hey, this state at the intelligence level didn't get up. We have been able since this time to get lots of documents showing deputy chiefs of police 
senior commanders also knew about all this intelligence, which means it actually got up to the leadership of the department. Well, what do you think happened at that point? When it gets to the, you know, the deputy chief level and the commander level, you would think people would want to act on it. What's your assessment of why they didn't act on it? I think what that what happened is that they have a Capitol Police Board made up of three members, the House Sergeant at Arms, Senate Sergeant at Arms and the architect of the Capitol. And those are the three individuals that would have to declare an emergency to get the National Guard here on our nation's capital. And it's Mr. Irving. He's the House Sergeant at Arms. He and Stanger are going back and forth with then Chief of Police Sund and they're going back and forth. And what they said to each other is we're waiting to get approval from leadership. So Irving worked for Nancy Pelosi. And so in order to declare the, the emergency, he wanted to get Nancy Pelosi's approval and she didn't approve it. She waited and waited and waited. So there's all sorts of issues here with the Capitol Police Board and who knew what. But all I do know is that this went to the highest level. This went to Nancy Pelosi and shame on her for not getting the, 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 the emergency declaration in place so the National Guard could have been on our nation's capital and prevented this whole thing. It could have been prevented. And that's what you read about in my book because you don't hear it. They want to blame Donald Trump for it all. Donald Trump, give me a break. This isn't Donald Trump's fault. You just don't want him back in 2024. That's what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we now know from reporters like John that Donald Trump tried to actually take measures to fortify that area and to make it safer. But another important topic I want to discuss with you while Americans are having issues paying for baby food and gas and eggs, the White House is throwing a party. It's been one month since the signage of the Inflation Reduction Act and Joe Biden gave a speech. I want to take a quick look at this part of his speech and get your reaction. Exactly four weeks ago today, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law, the single most important legislation passed in the Congress to combat inflation, and one of the most significant laws in our nation's history, in my view. I said it then, and I'll keep saying it. With this law, the American people won, and special interest lost. Hmm, the American people won. Congressman, do you agree? Yeah. Ask the people that are filling up their car. Now, I know fuel prices have gone down, but they're still much higher than they need to be. If he would have just left the oil and gas industry alone, left Trump's policies in place, we would have $2 fuel and people would have been able to go on their vacations over the summer. But they couldn't. They couldn't because they couldn't afford the fuel. So I guess this president, this administration must think I and all these other Americans are just stupid that we're just stupid and he's trying to he's trying to fool us. I think the American people are fooled no more. They're sick and tired of what's been taking place, whether it's the fuel prices, whether it's the inflation, and to say that this is good what he's done is good for the American people, give me a break. Yeah. He's he's confused. This guy's confused. He's confused every day. That he is. Uh, we got about a minute left, so I want to ask you about this. You come from one of the great agriculture states. There is talk of a very serious rail strike starting as early as Friday. White House nowhere to be found on this. How big a crisis is this we have? We've got about 45 seconds. 
It's going to be huge. The supply chain issues that we have now, we are so short not right now of truckers. So if all of a sudden now they can't come up with a, a compromise between management and, and the workers, the unions, and we have this strike take place, it's going to affect the supply chain. It's going to re- affect the refineries. Ports are going to be more congested. And the American Truckers Association will tell you, we're 80,000 truckers short right now. Wow. We have shortage of truckers. So we're going to need a couple hundred thousand more. Where are you going to find them? They should take the deal. 12 unions, two of them are are, are holdouts, 24% raise over five years, $5,000 bonus. Go to work, people. Do what's right for America. That is some sound advice. Congressman, as we always get from you, thanks so much for joining us today. Everybody check out his book. It is such an important book, The Big Fraud, a must read if you care about this country and its future. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition, the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. I'm so glad we could take the best interviews from our television show, Just the News, Not Noise, that Amanda Head and I do, and adapt them so you can hear them on this podcast, but tailor-made for the listening experience. Uh, A big thanks to our incredible producer, Robert Browski, who makes this show possible every day. We don't ever shout him out, but he deserves a big shout-out. And you know who else needs it to be shouted out? You and your family. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading Just the News. Thank you for watching Just the News, Not Noise. We are forever grateful for your support. And I'll tell you, we'll be back on Monday and do this all over again with a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the beginning of the onset of one of my favorite seasons, Autumn. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless and good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and ZPAC. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.